Hello, this is True Crime Nightmare. This is episode 23 of this podcast. This episode will cover the case that is known by many, especially people in Scotland, as the world's end murders. This is a very sad case of the brutal murders of two 17-year-old girls, Christine Edie and Helen Scott. The murders took place in October of 1977 in Edinburgh, Scotland. The reason that the murders were known as the world's end murders was due to the fact that both girls had last been seen alive at the pub by the same name. The case of Christine Edie and Helen Scott remained unsolved for 37 years. On the night of the 15th of October 1977, Christine Edie and her friend Helen Scott, who were both 17 years old at the time, were seen leaving the World's End pub. The pub was located at High Street on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Both girls had left the pub together at closing time along with many others at the same time. This is the last positive sighting by the girl. The next day, the bodies of both Christine Edie and Helen Scott were discovered. Christine Edie's body was found first by hillwalkers at Gosford Bay in East Lothian. Helen Scott's body was found a further six miles away from where her friend's body had been discovered. Helen Scott's body had been discovered in a cornfield. Both victims had been found naked. Both had been beaten, gagged, tied up, raped and strangled. No attempts had been made to hide the bodies of either Christine or Helen. Once the police investigation began, a high-profile criminal double murder inquiry began. The Lothian and Borders Police drew up a list of over 500 potential suspects in the area. They also took over 13,000 statements from members of the public. However, despite a lot of time and effort that was put in to the murder case, they were unable to identify a suspect or, as many people felt, suspects. Many people thought that at least two people were involved in Christine and Helen's murders. Some witnesses at the time had come forward to the police to say that they had seen both girls talking to two men in the pub. The two men, however, could not be traced and they did not come forward to the police, despite the publicity around at the time. Speculation also arose that more than one person was responsible for the murders because the police had discovered two different type of knots that were used to restrain both Christine Edie and Helen Scott. However, no arrests or prime suspects had come to light and in May of 1978, approximately seven months after the murders, the Lothian and Borders Police announced that they were scaling down the investigation. The police would still work on the case, but only if and when new information came to light. The police at the time did not have have very much to go on. No progress was made in the case until Lothian and Borders Police decided to look at the case many years later. The Cold Case Unit looked again at the case in 1997, 20 years after the murders of Christine and Helen. Luckily, evidence had been collected at the scenes of both murders. With improvements in DNA technology in particular, further forensic work could now be done in the hope of finally holding someone responsible. The results of the latest test indicated that the police now had a DNA profile of a male, possibly more than one male, and the profile had been found on both girls as well as a coat belonging to Helen Scott. 
the DNA of the original 500 suspects was analysed and compared to the samples collected. There was not a match, however. Once again, the case came to a halt and would remain cold for a few more years. On the 8th of October of 2003, after a reconstruction of the case had been shown on the popular crime programme, Crime Watch UK, the incident room received a phone call from a man who claimed he had been walking near Gosford Bay on the night of the murder. Gosford Bay was where Christine Eady's body had been found. The man went on to say that he had seen a suspicious vehicle at the time. He said that he thought it was a works van and that it was being driven erratically at the time. For some reason, the man had not contacted the police back in 1977, but instead waited until 2003 to pass on this new information. However, once again, nothing really came from this information, despite the man coming forward. And uh, not surprisingly, without the registration number or really good descriptions of the man or the men in the van, then there wasn't really very much chance of the police gaining very much information from this possible new development. And it really went very cold again for a little while afterwards. However, the forensic department kept working on the DNA sample. And according to the forensic department, the DNA sample partially matched over 200 profiles on the National DNA Database. Eventually, the profile was narrowed down to a man called Angus Sinclair. This happened in 2004. Angus Sinclair became the prime suspect for the murders of both Christine Eady and Helen Scott. Angus Sinclair was questioned by the police on the 25th of November of 2004 in connection with both murders. Mouth swabs were taken from the suspect at the time. The swabs were then sent off to be analysed further. The samples came back as being a match to the samples that had been taken from both victims and the coat all of those years ago, back in 1977. On the 31st of March 2005, Angus Sinclair was arrested by Lothian and Borders Police. He was then charged with the murders of both Christine Eady and Helen Scott. On the 1st of April 2005, Angus Sinclair appeared in court. He attended Edinburgh Sheriff's Court and was formally charged with the murders and the rapes of both Christine Eady and Helen Scott in October of 1977. Angus Sinclair made no plea in any or any declaration at all at the time and was remanded in custody. Although in reality he was already serving a lengthy prison sentence for previous serious crimes, but that was not released to the general public at the time. On the 27th of August 2007, he was finally put on trial for the two murders that had happened so many years before and he had really got away with so far. The trial took place place at the High Court in Edinburgh, Scotland. The judge who presided over the murder trial was Lord Clark. The indictment alleged that on the night of the 15th of October of 1977 and possibly into the 16th of October, Angus Sinclair, along with another man, namely Gordon Hamilton, who had since died, either persuaded Christine and Helen or forced them into the vehicle. The prosecution alleged that both girls were then held against their will. Two men are said to have been with them 
at the World's End pub and had left shortly after the girls, according to witnesses at the time. The prosecution claimed that it was outside the pub, close to St Mary Street, that the abduction happened. According to the prosecution, the girls were then taken to Gosford Bay, where Christine's body would be found the next day. The girls were then attacked, stripped and gagged. Christine was then raped and then strangled to death and just dumped at the scene with no attempt to try and hide her body. It was then alleged that Helen was attacked and murdered in a similar way. She was then driven to a separate location for some reason. Helen was left in a cornfield and once again no attempt had been made to hide her body. Both girls were found the next day. Angus Sinclair denied all of the charges against him. He said that any sexual activity between him and the girls was with their consent. He also, at one point, tried to put all of the blame on Gordon Hamilton for everything that happened that night. Gordon Hamilton had been Angus Sinclair's brother-in-law. There were no eyewitnesses actually able to place Angus Sinclair with Christine Eady or Helen Scott and it was felt that most of the case against him was circumstantial, despite the DNA evidence. A forensic expert who looked at the DNA sample that had been taken on swabs from Christine, Edie and Helen Scott's bodies, as well as from the coat belonging to Helen, found that the profile matched Angus Sinclair and also a match to a relative of Gordon Hamilton. Angus Sinclair maintained all the while that he had sexual intercourse with both girls, but that it was consensual. And so he was not responsible for anything that happened afterwards. And that basically it was his brother-in-law that must have done it. (laughs) 